to Inspirational Journeys, a faith-based podcast where your story matters. Come on over, grab a seat on the front porch, and let's talk about the writing life. Welcome to Inspirational Journeys, everyone. My name is Ann Harrison, and my special guest, Kent Sanders, is the co-author of the book, The Faith of Elvis, who that was, he wrote this with... Uh, Billy Stanley. Oh, Lord have mercy. And um, <clears throat> and he's got a lot of other writing information and projects that we'll talk about, but we'll get to that in a minute. First of all, welcome to the show, Kent. Thanks, Anne. It's great to be here. I appreciate the invitation. And I appreciate you coming onto the show, and I absolutely love the Daily Writer podcast. Thank and if, you. And if you guys have not checked that out, if you since, you, since most of my, my folks are writers, you need to check that out because Kent not only does these short little episodes with writing encouragement but he also talks to experts and um the reason i reached out to kent was because i heard the, his conversation with billy stanley and i thought this is going to be an interesting and then i read the book so that this is going to be an interesting conversation so why don't you start by introducing yourself and you know sure well i am a former music pastor and college professor that's what i did sort of in my previous lives vocationally and then last year, I actually shifted into doing ghostwriting full-time. And for those who are not super familiar with ghostwriting, basically it means that somebody comes to me with an idea and I take their stories, their ideas, and the, their concepts, and I turn that into an awesome book for them. Sometimes that's for a publisher. Sometimes they want to self-publish. But anyway, Slice it, I basically kind of like a literary midwife. That's the analogy that I like to use. I'm there to help them deliver their ideas to the world, clean them up. I give it back to them so they can present it to the world. And that's their happy baby. So that's kind of what I do for my job uh, most, of the, most of the day. But then I also reserve part of my time to do my daily writer podcast, as you mentioned, Anne. So thanks for the plug. And I also lead a membership community for writers called the Daily Writer Club. And that is a membership group where people can come and we help you get clear on your writing goals. We help you build your writing business. We help you form the habits and the mindset to be successful with writing. So basically, I just geek out over writing and books all day. That's pretty much what I do. Oh, well, um, <laughs> we could talk shop all day then. No, just kidding. <laughs> but so what inspired you to become a writer? Well, that's a good question. I'd always wanted to be a writer, even from the t from the time I was a kid. And I can remember in... Even in middle school, you know, it seems like a hundred years ago, I just, lo I loved writing and I loved English and uh, there were other topics that I weren't as enthusiastic about, but I was always kind of an artsy kid who, who loved writing. And in fact, I can remember back in middle school, my English teacher, my English teacher one time asked me to dedicate my first book to her. Now, I don't know if she somehow saw into the future with a crystal ball or if she told that to all the kids, but it made a really major impact on me. And so for years, I thought about that. And then probably about 10 years ago, I started getting actually serious about writing. It's something I always wanted to do, but I never did anything about it. So I started blogging. I started podcasting. Uh, a few years after that, I started doing client work. And I just tried all these different things and made a lot of mistakes. Uh, went down a lot of dead ends because I didn't really know what I was doing. But if you keep plugging away, you eventually figure out the path that you're supposed to be on. So that's kind of how all that led to what I'm doing today in a nutshell. I'm curious because I know this happened with me. This is kind of what got 
got me started, but then it, later in life, um, did you ever do any creative writing and contest? Uh, creative writing contests when you were in school? I never did. I keep hearing about writing contests. I've never submitted any books to contests or entered any contests, but maybe it's something I should consider. Well, I haven't. I have, well, I've tried a couple of them here lately, but when I was in school, I actually won a. Um, I don't remember what it was that I wrote, but I actually won a creative writing contest. <laughs> cool. That was a fourth Congrats. Grade. That's pretty awesome. Well, thank you. Um, so what um, inspired you to start the Daily Writer Club? Well, really, it came down to a couple of things. One was that I wanted to do a podcast that specifically was focused on writing. Even though I've been doing podcasts for a long time, I never really kind of found my niche with it until one day I was just sitting around and thinking, okay, I want to do a lot more writing. I want to put more books out into the world. And I hear other authors talk about or other writers talking about how they want to write more books, but why aren't most of us doing doing that? Why is it that we have these desires and these goals, but we're not actually getting the books done? And just based on some things I was reading and, and as I looked at my own life, I realized it all really came down to not having a writing habit or a ritual. So I just began to think about rituals and habits and how those really form the basis of your success as a writer, because you can't market a book that doesn't exist. And, you know, there's lots of stuff out there about book marketing and sales and, um, you know, promotion and all these strategies and all these things, which are important, by the way. But if you don't actually have a book to market, then that really puts you at a disadvantage. So I just began to really focus on on habits and rituals and routines. And I thought, well, maybe this would be helpful for other people, too. So that really led to why I write, why I wanted to start a podcast specifically focused on habits and routines and rituals, which, of course, that is what the Daily Writer is all about. And I know people say write every day, but sometimes that doesn't work for for that's not one of those one size fits all um things that because sometimes I know for me it it doesn't always work, but at least I've I've done a lot more now with that. Because yeah. I have a to-do list, but what do you, what do, and that's why I asked you in the email, what were your thoughts on that write every day uh, advice? Well, I think you, I think you should write every day actually, but I think where people get hung up is, is they feel like they have to write a lot every day or they have to write something good every day or something publishable every day. And I don't really think that's the key. I think you, you should have some goals that you're working toward, you know, maybe it's a blog or maybe it's a book project you're working on or whatever. But you don't have to write a lot every day. Um, I, I sometimes think even just writing in a journal for five minutes. I love that's that. writing. I mean that that's that really that's writing. Like that's legit writing. You don't have to write Shakespeare every day. Just write <laughs> something every day, because the way that you get better as a writer is not by, it's not by taking two hours every Saturday to write. It's really by doing a little bit every day. It's just like exercise in the sense of you're not going to prepare for a marathon. By only training once a week, you have to go out and you have to do it several times a week. So I really recommend that people find find time to write something every single day, if you possibly can, even just for a few minutes. I, I love that because that's kind of the the mindset. I think that's the mindset of the National Novel Writing Month Challenge, Nana Rima. Exactly. And one thing that I that I found that works for me is even if I'm not in Nana if I if I track my word count. While I'm writing, I get things done. And if I do a to-do list, if it doesn't get written down, it doesn't get done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that goes back to, 
I think I think the idea that writing is really a very blue collar job. You know, those of us who have we feel some kind of a calling to write. Maybe we feel like we were born to create things, or we were born to be an artist or or a writer. Sometimes we get really hung up on this idea of I have to produce something great, or I have to produce this life changing, world changing kind of work. And we forget that writing, you know, at its core, is just a very blue collar job. You don't, you know, if you if you know anybody who's a plumber, a plumber does doesn't get up in the morning and say, "Man, I just don't feel inspired to go fix people's pipes today." They just get up and they go do it. Their emotions have literally nothing to do with the fact that they showed up to do their work that day. If I call somebody to to fix something in my house, I don't really care what kind of a mood they're in. I just want them to show up and do the work, and mm-hmm. then they're going to get paid. You know, that's that's how we have to approach writing. It's really a very blue collar thing. And where we get hung up is this idea that we've got to sit down and got to produce this great work of art. It's going to be polished and awesome. But good writing is created in the revisions and in the editing and in the rewriting. It's not typically created in the first draft. So if you can get comfortable with the idea of sitting in down of sitting down every day and you're going to write something that's probably not that great, then it really takes the pressure off of you. And it really does work. Just write garbage the first draft. That's what a first draft is supposed to be. Then you can work on it and change it and edit it. Oh, I've got a story about that to tell you too later. But um, so what when you write, I mean, I know you do your ghostwriting, you work with with authors, and we're gonna get to the 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 story behind the collaboration with the Faith of Elvis in a minute. Sure. But when you do your writing, do you outline first? I mean, I don't know if you've done fiction or just nonfiction. So do you outline or do you just sit down and start or, or are you a pantser? No, I'm not a pantser. I don't, and I, I'm sure for some people, pantsing can work well. But I think you, when you pants things and when you just dive in without some kind of a plan, I think you end up wasting a lot of time. Now, that being said, I don't really write fiction. I write almost exclusively nonfiction. Uh, and fiction is a different beast than nonfiction is. And I totally understand that. Some people write fiction, they just like exploring, exploratory fiction. Mm-hmm. They sit down and they just kind of let the ideas come. And that's totally great. But for nonfiction, I think you can waste a lot of time if you don't have some kind of a plan in place. When I sit down to work on something, I almost always have an outline. In fact, I I really don't ever sit down to write anything that I can think of where I don't have some kind of a plan or an idea or even just a very, very basic outline. So mm-hmm. I just like to have an idea where I'm going because I feel like that's more efficient and it's a better use of my time. Right. And I'm, I'm developing a writing method and I'm working that as I'm doing my fiction. So, um, so now let's talk about the collaboration with the, the faith of Elvis. What, how did you get, how did you, uh, what was, what's the story behind that is what I'm trying to ask. So how I got connected with that project is it really all just came down to connections and relationships. So I have a friend who's a very successful ghostwriter. And one day she, I think she texted me and she didn't call me, but she texted me and said, Hey, I've got a a literary agent that is looking for somebody to help with a certain project. And a literary agent basically is kind of like a book matchmaker. An an agent finds people to match up with, with specific projects. Agents are very, very important in the publishing world because publishers don't want writers constantly sending them pitches for books directly. So you have to typically go through a book agent to get to a publisher. That's basically a way for the publishers to filter out all the nonsense because only only serious writers are going to connect with an agent 
and they're going to have to put together a book proposal. And you got to really be a pro when you do that. Mm -hmm. um, so that filters out a lot of the, a lot of the people who don't want to put in the work basically. So she connected me with this agent who was looking for a ghostwriter to help with the project. The project actually didn't end up working out. I did a little bit of work on it, but then it kind of went sideways, which sometimes happens. Uh, through no fault of my own, it was just a, the client just, I think the book just kind of uh, disintegrated or something. <laughs> so that that was that happened. And then a few weeks later, she called up and said, hey, I've got this other project that you might be interested in. It's a book about Elvis's faith. And the author is Elvis Presley's stepbrother, Billy Stanley. Uh, would you be interested in working on this? And I said, well, I would be kind of dumb not to. Who who would say no to something cool like that? So that's really how I got involved with that. And it ended up being a really great collaboration. I had a blast working on it. And it was a lot of fun. So, but really the short answer, and to your question is, it all just came down to um, knowing the right people who, who could connect me with the project. And which I think is really what life kind of comes down to generally. Yeah. So I'm curious, what was that process like? So the way it worked on this particular project, and that's a really good question, by the way. Thank you. Uh, because ghostwriting can work a lot of different ways. And let me give you a kind of two extreme examples, then I'll answer your question directly. Mm -hmm. So ghostwriting can run the gamut between the client is really, really involved in the book or the client is barely involved. And I've done books of both kinds. For example, a couple of years ago, I did a book for somebody who basically said, can you write a book on XYZ topic? And I said, yeah, I can do that. And so I did the book. The client actually had very little involvement in the book. I tried to express their ideas the way that they would express them if they had the time to write the book themselves, which they didn't. So they really had very little involvement in the whole project. At other times though, I'll have a client who's really, really involved so we'll do tons and tons of, of calls. I'll gather information, stories, and then they go through the, the drafts of the book. They will change words. They'll do a lot of editing. And it's almost like being co-writers. The Elvis book was somewhere in the middle with that. So the way that it actually came together was um, when I came into the project, the agent had already created what's called a... Uh, it wasn't really, I guess you would say it was a book proposal. It was a different form of a book proposal where they had really laid out a possible structure for the book, the general ideas, the flow of the book. Uh, they had also in that proposal covered books that were kind of similar that had already been published to this one because you want to have an awareness of what books in the marketplace are already there. So you're mm -hmm. not just repeating the same thing. So I came into the project and there was already kind of a structure to it. But then over a period of weeks, we we adjusted the structure, we really refined it. And then I went about doing phone calls with Billy Stanley two or three times a week for the next probably eight or 10 weeks. And we would talk sometimes for about 90 minutes, sometimes a couple hours on the phone. And that's how I gathered the stories for the book. And then I would take that audio, I would create transcripts of that, and that would become the basis for the book chapters. Now, the challenge with this project from a ghostwriting perspective was that I had, I'm going to estimate about 120 to 150 stories wow. that were not really connected to each other. They were just kind of stories about Elvis and his faith or Elvis uh, and his family or music or whatever. These were stories directly from Billy. So I had all these stories and I had to figure out how to actually craft chapters out of these stories. So as I as I sorted through all this content, uh, probably, you know, 
70 or 80,000 words of content at least, uh, I would sort these into piles that would later become chapters. And I would figure out how to connect the stories and how the chapters connected to each other. And eventually when you do that enough, you end up with a, with a coherent book, but mm -hmm. it takes a lot of work and effort to do that. Um, but really to answer your question and the, the way that generally we worked with this book is we would just do phone calls. I would record the calls. I would have the, those conversations uh, transcripted and that became the basis then for the rest of the book. And I, there was a lot of rewriting and fine tuning, but oh, yeah. generally that's how it came about. Yeah. I've done a couple of ghostwriting jobs in, in a few years ago. Some worked out, some didn't. And yeah, uh, but and that's normal. Anyway, yeah. And, and I, I had an outline and, and some insight to follow with a couple of them, but um, so I kind of understand a little bit about where you're coming from. Every project's different, but it is. I want to give you my takeaways from the book. I read the thing in two days and I found wow. it through. Yeah. I found it through this thing for the visually impaired, this library site called Bookshare. I was able nice. to download it. Let me show you what I used. This little e-reader slash braille display that the cool. National Library Service, um, had, they've done like in different states, they they give them to patrons. So I ended up downloading the book and I read it. I started it on a Friday night and I read it in two days and, and I finished it that Sunday. And I listened to Elvis's gospel music while I was reading it because it just set wow. the tone. And oh my gosh. And I absolutely love the, the rendition of where no one stands alone. That, that the way um, I don't know how it was done, but it was featuring Lisa Marie Presley. I oh, cool. She remastered. Yeah, that, that was that's awesome. Anyway, wow. so there were a couple. Of, I love the the different stories about the movies and stuff, but there were certain things that really. And I went into my Bible and looked up the scriptures as I was reading it from the book because mm -hmm. I used the King James and that you know I wanted to see compare the two different versions. But the thing I liked there were there were two different bits of encouragement that were in there about you know, don't give up on your dream, you know, the dream or the calling that God has placed on your life. And and I liked how Elvis told Billy, if somebody tells you, you can't follow your dream or you can't do what God has called you to do, it's because they gave up on theirs. Wow. That's powerful. That's the one. And then, and then don't worry about failing. Cause if you follow your dream and it doesn't come out the way you want it to just know you've done your best. I'm paraphrasing hmm. here. And I do apologize for that, but I don't have it right in front of me. But the one, the one story that really touched me when Billy said he saw a boy in the story where Billy was talking about a boy in the wheel, in a wheelchair who wanted to meet Elvis. Mm -hmm. And then after that, after Elvis met the boy, he was waiting for a girl with a disability to come to, to come to the concert. And he didn't start the concert until she arrived. Right. That, right. that, that touched me. It's a great story. A, yeah, but I'm visually impaired. So you can see how that would be that that would pull at the heartstrings. Totally. Totally. Because he didn't judge people because of their disability. And I've gotten a lot of people not knowing how to work with me, not knowing how to help me, people hmm. being you know, being very negative toward, you know, blind people. And knowing that he didn't judge people because of their disability. You know, I had more of a, and I know he had some, Elvis had some struggles in his life. Yeah. But hmm. reading that book, I came to a deeper appreciation of his hmm. faith. And I, I I went back to the music. I used to be a fan of his when I was a teenager. So I wanted to share that with you. 
And I, I felt like it was a blessing just to read it. And I, I could not get it out of my head for days. That so, is so good to hear. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. So my question is, what takeaways did you get from the book? And what takeaways do you want readers to get from it? Well, as far as readers, uh, Billy and I actually talked about this a lot. And we we wanted to be clear ourselves on what do we want people to come away with after reading this book? And the obvious thing is we want them to hear the gospel message. That was really the core of, of the whole purpose of the book is we want to make sure people understand there is a God and his son, Jesus loves you, died for yeah. your sins, and you can have eternal hope through him. You know, the, the core of the gospel message. Mm-hmm. And so that was priority number one, really. But as far as the things that, that impacted me uh, in the book, and obviously that, you know, the gospel yeah. has impacted me my whole life as well, but there were a couple things that that I took away from it um, that impacted me on a on kind of a different level. Uh, one of the things was that I just I love how Elvis took charge in his life. He didn't wait around waiting for somebody to tell him what to do. He just went out and did things. In fact, my favorite story in the whole book—it's kind of a crazy story—and I'm you know since you read the book and you remember this story mm-hmm. where he just up and went to the White House. To try and get a DEA badge. Yes, I Nixon. remember that. I love that story, and it's it's crazy, and nobody today would ever attempt to do anything like that because of security. But yeah, it's just such a crazy story that Elvis just decided he was going to do this, and nobody was going to stop him, and he just kind of went and did it. And I love that story because it reminds me I need to take action in my own life. That sometimes you have to do something a little bit crazy and unusual. You've got to be assertive if you want to get what you want in life. And that's that's just how we have to operate. Mm-hmm. Another thing that really impacted me in the book was, and I think we included this in the book two or three different times, where Elvis would remind Billy that what he did was just a job. And as much as Elvis was a huge celebrity, he was very famous, people loved him, he still looked at what he did as just a job, just like a ditch digger or a plumber or anybody else. Yeah, I read that. And I just, I was really moved by that because it was a great reminder that no matter how famous you may or may not get, you're still just doing a job and you're no better than anybody else. And I was so impressed with the the idea that Elvis would take time to talk to his fans and really, uh, and really encourage them in whatever they were trying to do in their life. It wasn't like he viewed himself as better than anybody else. And that those, those two things really impacted me. There were a lot of other things as well, but those are two that come to mind immediately. You know, and I have this feeling that if he were alive today, he would tell us that we, as writers, we have a, our place in the world too. Mm-hmm. I just had that feeling because totally. And and now I'm drawn to the gospel music so much now after reading that. Sometimes I'll listen to that while I'm reading another book. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, where can people find you online? Let's. So they can find me online two different places. They can go to my website, which is kentsanders.net. Uh, I'm actually in the process of redoing that whole site. So if they go there while we're recording this, it's still kind of the old site, but I'm redoing all that stuff as we speak. Um, but they can also go to dailywriterlife.com. That is my site for writers specifically. So as I mentioned earlier, I do a daily podcast called The Daily Writer. And I also run a membership community for writers. That's called The Daily Writer Club. And there's info about those things on that site. But if you go there uh, on the on the site, the very first thing you'll see is 
a little link for what I'm calling a free daily writer starter kit. And it's basically seven free eBooks where people can go and they can download those completely free. And they can also get on my email list where literally I'll just send these to you for free over email. And then every day you get some encouragement and inspiration in your inbox. And I took advantage of that too. When at the um, kingdom writers conference, when fantastic. Yeah. When you did that, that, when she- C- uh, was it just Shelley or was it CJ and Shelley who? Uh, I think it was both. Okay, yeah, I think so too. I'd have to go back and look. I've got the all access pass, so I can go back and check that out. But yeah, and so I'd encourage you to take to take advantage of the daily writer starter kit because there is some. Even if you are a veteran writer, there are some in, there are some tips for you and prompts and things for you totally that you can use as well. So, what is and and this I got this idea from another podcast. If you had a call to action, it could be a challenge, a resource. If you wanted, you know, for the viewers and listeners today, um, if there's one a, a takeaway that you want to leave us with, what would that be? It would be just start writing. You're, you're, if you feel stuck with writing and it's something that you want to do, you're probably overcomplicating the process hugely. If you have an idea for a book, just sit down and outline the book figure out the main things you want to say, and then just just start writing a draft of it. My idea for writing a book is that once you figure out what you want to do in the book, then just start writing a draft and get through it as fast as you can. Because a lot of times people get hung up because we're editing, we're revising as we go along. We, we're wondering, is this any good and all those things. But just get an ugly first draft done because you will feel so much better if you have a complete draft of something than you will if you take two years to to write a book, you know. So just get that first draft done as fast as you humanly can. Then you have something whole to work with. You know, and I love that because, and I want to add something. Don't be your own worst critic. Because when I started writing, I was totally. I was my own worst critic. I'm like, this is not good enough. This is, this is really, and I got hung up on the little things even when I was in revisions. Yeah. yeah. So I had to learn that lesson totally. the hard way. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's good advice too. Yeah. So, and if you're not comfortable with this, let me know. But do you have a, a Bible verse you want to share with us today? Hmm. That's that's a great question. I didn't mean to put um, you on the spot. Well, that's okay. I I have a number of, of verses that that really speak to me on a personal level. Of course, they all do, and they all should. Mm-hmm. But probably my favorite is Psalm one, where it talks about blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and all his law he meditates day and night. So that's, I think, the first three verses of Psalm 1. Wow. I just, I love it. I love it. It's really beautiful. I love the Psalms anyway, because they're, yeah, they're amazing. They're, they're so true to life. And I mean, I like to read um, other places in the Bible, which I have a funny thing about that too. I was looking at something, one of the Bible verses in, um, while I was reading the, the Faith of Elvis, and I'm like, okay, I read what was in the book. Then I turned around and it was funny because I went back to my Bible, my electronic Bible files, and I searched for that particular verse. And I don't remember which one it was, but then I saw the ones about where faith is out work, faith without works is dead. Hmm. And then I read, and then I read that verse and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not right. This is, this is what, then I had to go back and research. I'm like, oops, I was in the wrong place. God led me to a different place. Have you ever had that happen? Sure. I think we've all had that happen before. <laughs> I think it's it funny now. I think it's absolutely funny now. All right. So would you like to close us out in prayer? Or Sure, I'd be happy to. 
Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that we've had to have this conversation about the faith of Elvis and writing and the creative life in general. And Lord, I ask for your blessings on Anne as she produces this show and has more guests. And I pray that you would continue to expand her platform and bless her in some amazing ways, as well as everybody who's listening. God, we thank you that you've called us to your service and to be your your uh, creatives and artists and writers and all the different things that you've called us to. Help us to be faithful in that calling. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired, write something inspiring, and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched thousands. Thanks for joining us on Inspirational Journeys. And remember, your story matters. Have a blessed day, everyone. Are you looking for a professional, knowledgeable, friendly, and detailed-oriented editor who provides high-quality editing services at reasonable prices? Why not give Plot Stitch Editorial Services a try? As your friendly Plot Stitch editor, I will help you turn your messy manuscript into a story that engages readers from start to finish. Services include refining story structure, character development, filling in plot holes, show versus tell, passive versus active voice, dialogue enhancements, copy editing, and proofreading. Send queries to theplotstitch at gmail.com. That's theplotstitch at gmail.com. Plotstitch Editorial Services, bringing stories that matter to life. Hey guys, this is Anne from the Inspirational Journeys podcast, and my special guest Joe Templin has an offer for for my listeners and viewers. Take it away, Joe. And thank you, and again, thank you for bringing me on. This was a wonderful conversation. I'm glad that I could reach out and help your people grow, and to continue to help them to grow, we have an offer. If they go to the website everyday-excellence.com and use the code inspirational journeys at checkout from the shop, they can get a 10% discount on anything there to be able to help them with their personal journey to grow and inspire others. You heard it here, folks. You get a 10% discount on everything in the store at everyday-excellence.com using promo code inspirational journeys. Happy rating, writing, and celebrate the day. everybody this is Anne from the inspirational journeys podcast and i'm here today with teresa from struggling blessed but not alone podcast how are you today Anne? i'm doing good how about you teresa i'm good so what's up i've got some news for you really what's that did you know that our listeners can support our podcasts no can you please share more about that Okay, so while you're listening to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, hit the support this podcast button. With your contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 a month, you're helping us achieve our goals. Wait a minute, Anne. Are you telling me all that our listeners have to do is hit that support button and they could give a donation? That's right. Wow. Hey guys, thanks for wanting to do that for us. Have a blessed day.
I challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired, write something inspiring, and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched thousands. You've been listening to Inspirational Journeys, Stories That Matter, with your host, Anne Harrison. If you like what you've heard on today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. Visit my website at AnnWritesInspiration.com, subscribe to my YouTube channel, and follow me on Facebook and Pinterest at AnnWritesInspiration and on Twitter at AnnWrites75 for more inspirational content. Thanks for listening, and remember, your story matters.